Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. of the Lord Jesus Christ, our first message we preached, I believe it was on February the 2nd of 2002 when we began Island Church, we preached out of, out of uh, Matthew 16, the foundation of the church, Jesus building the church on the revelation of who he was, and then the very next weekend, uh, for the next eight weeks, we taught uh, on Jesus, the Word of God. And we made the determination that if we learn how to respond to, G, to the Word of God, the way the people in the Bible responded to Jesus, we get the same results. Now let me say that again. I think that's a good, a good quote, a good revelation. That if we learn to respond to the Word of God, the way the people in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the way they responded uh, to Jesus then we get the same results. The problem that we have, many people have, many folks have, when it comes uh, to receiving, is an accessibility issue. Uh, uh, religiously, it's been taught. Uh, uh, in other you know, people's discussions, oh, if only I could have lived a during Jesus' day, I could have got a miracle. If, if only Jesus were here. Uh, if only he would be present in the service. Uh, I would believe if he would come lay hands on me. And so all of a sudden there comes this issue of accessibility. Uh, thinking that, that the people that lived in what we would call the Bible days, uh, the time in which uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John was actually played out, that those people had greater access to the power of God and greater access to the anointing of God than we have access today. But everybody look this way. That is an absolute lie. That is not true. Actually, we have the greater access. We have not only access uh, to a, a risen Savior that's seated by the right hand of the Father, but God is with us in the person of the Holy Ghost. He's in our human spirit through salvation. He's upon us through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Roman te Romans teaches us that the word is nigh you, even in your mouth, which is the word of faith which we preach. So you've got to understand your healing is as close as your mouth. That's how close your salvation was. That's how close your healing is. That's how close your prosperity, your peace, your righteousness, your joy. It's as close as your mouth, your tongue, your confession, what you believe and what you say. Now, here in, in Mark chapter 10, very familiar portion of Scripture, the healing of a man named Bartimaeus, verse 46, reads like this, Mark chapter 10, verse 46, and they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now notice this again. He began to say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now, that's not a whole lot of Scripture. That's, that's a portion of a Scripture. That's just a little old, how many words is that? Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. That's nine words. Everybody say nine words. Nine words. Now, now, let me just help you. 
Nine words got this man healed. I want that to set in. Nine words got this man healed. Nine words. You say, now come on, Pastor. Nine words got this man healed. Now, here's Bartimaeus. He's a beggar. He's sitting by the wayside. Jesus is coming out of Jericho with an with a, with a, with a, with a entourage, with a group of people. He heard it was Jesus. Now we know he had information about Jesus. Number one, son of David. That shows us that Bartimaeus understood the revelation that connected Jesus to the seed of Abraham. Are you with me? To the seed of Abraham and to the son of David. Son of David being referenced of that being the Messiah, of that being the anointed one, of that being the son of God, Emmanuel, or God present with us. So he knew who this guy was through revelation. Secondly, he understood that Jesus was, is, and forever will be the dispenser of God's mercy. Everybody say mercy. Mercy is the ability of God from stop, to stop from happening to you what should happen to you because of who you are. Now we'll, we'll explain that a little more in just a minute. So here comes Jesus out of Jericho. Here's this blind man. He's sitting by the highway side. He's begging. And he utters nine words. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. But now notice this. Notice what it says. Verse 48, it says, And many charged him that he should hold his peace. There is an opposition that can come from many different directions to what you are believing God for. Let me say that again. There is an opposition that can come from many directions to that which you're believing God for. Your mind can oppose you. Your flesh can oppose you. Certainly this world system will oppose you. Satan himself will oppose you. There is a vast amount of opposition. There is religious opposition. I believe that is exactly what began to manifest in Bartimaeus' day, that it was a religious opposition. We don't want any noise. We want it to be quiet. Don't you know that Jesus is walking by? This charge to him to shut up was a suppression of his faith. Let me say this again. This charge for him to shut up was a suppression of his faith. The adversary always, always, always will do anything he can do to suppress your faith. Now listen, the suppression of faith from whatever direction it comes is not a sign that your faith is not working. It is a sign that your faith is working. Anytime there is opposition to your faith, it is because you are operating in active or living faith. That means you've believed in your heart. That means you've confessed with your mouth. That means you are acting upon the Word of God. And the, book of, and the Word of God says in the book of James, James, that faith without works is dead. Therefore, you have acted on your faith. You've confessed your faith. You've acted on it. You've confessed it. You've believed it. And all of a sudden, opposition comes. That's good news. I said, that's good news. That's when you ought to rejoice. That's when you ought to shout and say, thank God I've got the right kind of faith. I've got the kind of faith that's being opposed. That means i got the right kind. You don't want the wrong kind of faith, amen. You don't want presumption. You don't want assumption. You don't want faith because of inspiration. But when you have information because of the Word of God, all of the information blind Bartimaeus had was nine words. You've got the entire Bible. He had nine words and got healed of blindness. You got the entire Bible. Oh, that's not setting in the way I think it should. 
He got healed from blindness because of nine. See, now we go right back. I can hear, I can hear that in my spirit. We go right back to the accessibility. Well, if Jesus would pass through. No, no, no. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father to make sure all of that power that he released even in blind Bartimaeus' day would get to you and heal you and set you free. We have greater access by faith to Jesus than they ever had in the natural during the Bible days. So you, you, you can't use that accessibility issue as an excuse. So here we go. Shut up. Be quiet. Quit confessing the word. Quit going to island church. Quit having hands laid upon you. But notice what it says. He began to cry out and say, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. What did he do? He redoubled his efforts. He did not allow the suppression of the crowd to stop him from getting his miracle. You cannot afford to do the same thing. Listen, when there comes that suppression, you say, what should I do? You ought to praise more. You ought to worship more. You ought to redouble your efforts and make a decision I'm going to receive from God. I don't care what the crowd says. I don't care what religion says. I don't care what tradition says. I don't care what the world system says. And I don't care what the devil says. I will receive from God. When you make that decision, you're well on your way to receiving from God. Now notice what he said again. Many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy. Everybody say mercy. Now we said what is mercy? Mercy is the ability of God to stop from happening to you what should happen to you because of the natural order of events of life. Now, you, you have to understand. The natural order of events of life that we are involved in as human beings on the planet at this particular time begin with your birth, end with your death. Begin with your birth, end with your death. Begin with your birth, hopefully ends with the rapture of the church. Thank God for the rapture, amen. Believe in God. I'm believing God go up in the first load. Hallelujah. But in between your life the sum total of your life has already been predetermined. You say predetermined by who? Predetermined by your first birth. It doesn't matter how many uh, uh, benevolent acts you perform. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how bad you are or how many years you spend in prison. None of that matters. You will live your life out as a human being. You will die and you will go to hell. Unless... You allow to an interruption or you yield to an interruption that took place 2,000 years ago. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, died for our sins, suffered so that we might be healed, took all of our iniquity, took care of all of our trespass, rose from the dead after his death, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and today is the supernatural dispenser of God's mercy. Which means somewhere along that life's path, you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, and it's as it says in the book of Titus, not by acts of righteousness which we have performed, but according to His mercy, He has saved us. Therefore, God interrupts the natural order of life with an impartation of His mercy. Now you don't get born and die and go to hell. Now you get born, 
Then you get born again, and you get to live in faith, and then you get to go to heaven. That is an interruption in the natural order of things by the mercy of Almighty God. Bartimaeus needed some mercy. He did not want to live his life out as a blind beggar. He wanted an interruption of the mercy of God that would stop from happening to him what should happen to him because of his, quote, lot in life. Now, notice this. Are you getting something tonight? It says, He cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. Now, notice this. Here's Jesus. He's walking. And I don't know if he heard the first cry or not. But he probably heard the rumble in the crowd. But then that second cry caused two, two things to happen. Him to stop, everybody say stop, and to command. Now you've got the creator of the universe. You've got the incarnate word of God. You've got Emmanuel, God with us. You've got son of man. You've got the anointed one of Israel. You've got, uh, you've got Emmanuel, God with us. You've got Jesus of Nazareth, the creator of all that is and will ever be. He has stopped and he is commanding on your behalf. Because of nine words. And you got the whole Bible. Because of nine words. And you got the whole Bible. Uh, There's your title, Doris, because of nine words. Amen. And you got the whole Bible. He stops and he, listen. When Jesus, when your faith stops Jesus, when your faith gets him to start commanding on your behalf, you're fixing to get breakthrough after breakthrough. Your body will be healed. Your finances will be blessed. God will touch your job. God will touch your family. God will touch your business. Whatever it is you have need of, God will make sure you get what you are believing him for. When he stops and begins to command on your behalf, you've got your breakthrough. Now they're commanding him. Now notice this. And they call. Well, you know, it seems like the crowd kind of changed, changed face. But I don't believe that. I believe there are two crowds. I believe there's the crowd that discourages faith. And I believe there's a crowd that encourages faith. Always make sure you're around the crowd that encourages faith. People say, oh, you're not around those faith people. You're not around those name and claim it group. You're not around that. Come on, man. Those people get so extreme on that. You know, that stuff really doesn't work. Actually, it's working perfectly for those people. They believe in their heart. It does not work. They confess with their mouth. It does not work. What happens? It does not work. I'd rather be on the blessing side. With the same effort that you're in doubt and unbelief, with that same effort, you can be in faith. You can be in blessing. You can be in the anointing. You can be set free, and God could touch your life. Oh, hallelujah. You ought to get a better amen than that. Now, notice this. They called the blind man. I believe that's us. We're the ones that call the blind, saying, Be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth thee. Now, notice verse 50. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Now, as required by the Roman government, in order to be a beggar, there was a certain type of garment that was issued to you. It was called the beggar's cloak is what it was called. The beggar's cloak or the beggar's coat. Now this was basically a license to beg. 
because, you know, they didn't want every person out on the street begging, and only the infirmed were allowed to beg alms. Remember, there was a man at the gate, beautiful, in Acts chapter 3. He was also a cripple, and he was begging. That's what, he, that's what Bartimaeus was doing. So here he sat in that coat, the beggar's coat or the beggar's cloak. But the Bible says when Jesus called him, when they called unto him and said, Rise, be of good cheer, the master called, he got up and did what? He got off, he got up and took off everything that identified him with him with his problem. Now think about this just for a moment. Because if this beggar in his detestable condition was ever going to have a good day as a beggar, if he was ever going to be able to take advantage of his condition, this was the day. You say, now how can you say that? Well, they'd all been listening to Jesus. And what do you think Jesus was teaching? But to love your neighbor, but to be kind, to be benevolent, to give. Uh, to, to, to help the, the blind and the hard, to do everything you can do to help raise them. So here they're coming out of Jericho, and they're feeling very benevolent. They know. They're probably all looking for somebody to help, somebody to give some alms to, somebody to give some, and here sits Bartimaeus. Now, this was probably his best day to be a beggar. But he made a decision that his healing and his breakthrough was more important than being able to maximize the potential of his problem. We had a guy one time in a meeting. Uh, the Lord showed me by a word of knowledge he'd been injured in his back. I didn't know the individual. And I pointed him out in the crowd and said, You know, you, sir, I see by the Spirit of God uh, that you've been injured in a car accident and that you have a, uh, your back is uh, in, in really bad shape and that you need healing. God has your healing right now. If you And he literally said this, No. No, I, I have a lawsuit going right now. And if I was to be healed, I'd lose all my money. I thought to myself, I hope that money's worth it. I hope that money's worth it when you've had that bad back for 20-something years, amen. Listen, when God wants to break you free and set you loose from a problem or situation or a circumstance, it may be at the point in which that circumstance or problem, you may be able to maximize its potential. You need to make a decision. I'd rather have the provision of God. I'd rather God break through like light upon my problem and bring light to my darkness than I would maximize the potential of any problem in my life. I would rather have His provision. So He cast away His garment. He rose and came to Jesus. Jesus answered unto Him, and answered and said unto Him, Now notice this, said unto Him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? Now, if you didn't know Jesus' compassion, you'd think, now, was he, is this a joke? This is a blind man. This is a beggar. Why? Would you ask, why don't you just heal his eyes and, and, and you know, uh, uh, forget all the formalities. Just heal his eyes, Jesus. But this shows us right here, this is a very important principle of faith. This shows us that God wants you to be very specific in what you're believing God for. Specific answers bring specific glory to God. And God wants us to have specific answers to the specific issues of our life. You know, years ago I watched a, watched a documentary on, on uh, 
uh, uh, warfare, air warfare, airplanes, bombers, and jets, and, and, and the old World War II plane. And, you know, the, the, the first planes they begin to fly over the battlefield, they actually did it in World War I. And they did it for the purpose of reconnaissance. And the guy got so inspired, it was, a, it was a German guy, and he was flying over the British lines, and he got so inspired that he looked around in his cockpit, and he found a hammer. And he threw the hammer at the guys. Well, that, that didn't do a whole lot of good. But he got an idea. And the next day when he got up there, he had a sack of hand grenades and a pistol. And he started throwing those hand grenades out of an airplane, and he started shooting his pistol. Well, by the time World War II was over, they actually had mounted machine guns. They had got so precise in their technology that they could time those machine guns where they would fire bullets through the propellers of those airplanes. But now today, we have very specific bombs. They're called smart bombs. They can program one of, your, one of those bombs and they can let go of it out here in the Gulf of Mexico and it can come down on the Galveston Island and go across the causeway and go over to League City and go up your street and come down your alley and come knock on your door and kill you and not your cat. Faith works the same way. What do you want from God? I heard R.W. Sandbach one time, a great evangelist. Uh, uh, old, uh, I guess he lived up until about, what, five or six years ago when he went on to be with the Lord. But he told the story, uh, and he's actually preaching on this same portion of Scripture. He told the story of praying over a man in Philadelphia in a tent crusade they were having. And the guy came up, he had a whole line of people believing God for jobs because there was a real economic downturn in Philadelphia. So this guy stood up, and Brother Shambach reached out and laid hands on him. And he said, what do you believe in God for? He said, a job. And so Brother Shambach just stood there for a minute and looked at him. He said, okay, what kind of job you want? He said, well, any job, any, whatever, the, whatever the Lord has. So he said, I laid my hand on him, and I said to him, Lord, give this man the best $9.50 garbage collecting job on the, in this city. He said the guy took his hand off and stepped away and said, hey, I'm a computer analyst. I should be making $30. He said, then why didn't you ask? Why were you not specific? People come up in the prayer line many times. What do, you, what do you want from the Lord? Oh, just to be blessed. Well, then be blessed. Turn around and just walk off. Be very specific. If you're believing God for a home, find out what that home is. A car, find out what kind of car you desire. If you're believing God for healing, be very specific. Lord, I thank you that my arthritis is gone in Jesus' name. I thank you that that diabetes is cured, that my blood is clean in the name of Jesus. You be very specific about what you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and act on. God loves to give us specific answers to specific questions. In that comes the removal of all doubt. Well, they, you know, he might not have been sick in the first place. Well, maybe he just wasn't blind in the first place. He might just have had his eyes shut for all those years. No, he was blind. Specifically. Now, notice what it said. Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto him? The blind man. This guy's smart now. Nine words. Everybody say, Nine words. Nine words got him healed. He said, said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Jesus said unto him, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Now notice this closely though. Go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. Now we know, don't get in the ditch on this. We know it was the power of God that healed his eyes. But the power of God is always available. Kind of like electricity. 
500 years ago, a thousand years ago, when the Karankwa Indians lived on this sandbar, there was electricity. Amen. We didn't invent it. It was here. There was electricity in the air, uh, running water. The tide itself can produce electricity. They've proven that. But no Karankwa Indian invented a microwave and figured out how to power it. None of them, there were no light bulbs, there was nothing like Man had to figure out how to corral the power, how to assimilate the power, how to transmit the power, and how to invent certain things that would cause the power to flow through it. Because of that today, we enjoy the glory of electricity. Now the same thing's true of the power of God. The power of God. The power of the Word of God. The Bible says of Jesus, He is the Word, was the Word, forever will be the Word. By Him all things exist. All things consist that He upholds, maintains, and propels the entire universe by His mighty Word of power. So the power of God is around us at all times. It will cause the sun to come up in the morning. It will cause it to go down tomorrow afternoon. It will cause the moon to rise and the stars to shine. It will cause the wind to blow, the rain to fall. It will cause all those events. Everything is set in order by the word or the power of God. But faith, specific faith, is what God has given us to tap into that power so that we might pull that power into our lives to affect salvation, uh, to bring a cure or a healing to our body, to bless our finances, to give us peace and joy in the midst of a world that's turned upside down. And to just go ahead and bring the provision of God that Jesus Christ hath provided for us through redemption into manifestation here on the earth. We're going to see this over and over in the next few weeks where Jesus turned to the person that was healed and said, Thy faith, thy faith. Thy faith. What do you think Jesus was trying to do? He was trying to say, it's not me, it's you. The power's here. The power, right here. We're, we're, we're tapped into the power source tonight, the Word of God. There's enough power in this Word tonight to, to do anything we need it to do for us this evening. But will it? Only if you believe it. Only if you have faith. There's enough power in you through the new birth for you to receive anything that you need. But will you? The choice is yours. It's amazing to me, and we'll close with this, that in this particular scripture and several others that we looked at, Jesus did not file out of Jericho looking for a blind man, but a blind man was looking for Jesus. Therefore, this healing was not initiated by Jesus. It was initiated by Bartimaeus. And when it was all said and done, Jesus said, Your faith has done it. You know, a couple of chapters back, you can go read where he went to his own hometown. And there wasn't any faith, there was unbelief. And the Bible said he could do no mighty works there. Notice, the creator of the universe, the one anointed with a full measure of the Holy Ghost, more powerful than all the ministers that have ever lived, the one that walked in all five ministry offices, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, the one that operated in seven of the nine gifts of the Spirit, everything except tongues and interpretation of tongues, the one that flowed fluently in the full power of the Holy Ghost, could do no mighty works because the unbelief of people shut him down. And the same is true today. Your faith can put a miracle right in your lap if you will just believe God. I think it's amazing. Nine words healed a blind man. And when you realize that, you've got the whole word of God.
you can definitely get your need met. Amen? You love the Lord. Oh, lift your hands up and worship God this evening. Father, we worship you. Lord, we glorify your name. Father, we exalt and praise you. We thank you for the word of God, for the power that is in the word. We thank you, Father, tonight for all that you're doing, Lord, for all that you've done, Father, for all that you're going to do. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace and your blessing, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Does anybody need prayer tonight? You say, I need prayer for healing. Anybody at all? Lift your hand up if you do. Anybody at all? Come if you need healing. Need healing in your body. Praise God. Let's lay hands on you. Now, what's going to get you healed? There you go. What's going to get you healed? That's it. That's it. Nine words. We've got so many words. He delivered us from the power of darkness, translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Uh, Jesus was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. By His stripes we are healed. Uh, the Bible also says that believers should do what? Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The original Greek says, hands they shall lay, well they shall be. So in your own spirit, in your own heart, determine this. When hands are laid upon me, I, my faith will take hold of healing power. And I will be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, Leah, let's lay hands. Oh, we have something specific. You fell outside of the city bus. Okay. Okay. So you're, you've been injured and you're... Oh, my goodness. Pain in your neck. All right, well, let's agree right now. Father... Lord, you see the effects of this injury that have happened to this woman. And tonight as we obey your word by laying hands upon her, thank you, Father, that the anointing of God brings and affects a healing in her body this evening. As we obey you just by faith in your word this evening, we thank you, Father, that your healing virtue flows down into her neck, into her shoulders and her back, into her skeletal structure. I thank you right now. Into her legs and hips. Into her ankles and knees. And in the name of Jesus, we declare your healing power flowing in her body, affecting a healing in Jesus' name. Now tonight, we obey your word. She believes she received. You said she shall have it. We lay hands on her in faith and obedience to Jesus, the head of the church, thanking you the work is done in Jesus' name. Now, what about you specifically? And we agree right now that your blood pressure, everything that regulates the production, the pumping, and the cleansing of your blood is healed in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that your healing power, your healing virtue flows into her body as we lay hands on her in obedience to Jesus Christ, the head of the church, in faith toward what he has accomplished through redemption. We declare her blood pressure normal in Jesus' name. Her weight to drop off, and in the name of Jesus, wisdom 
to regulate her own health so she may walk in the health of God. We thank you for it, and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Isn't that good? Praise God. Now lift your hands and worship the Lord. Father, we worship you. You can stand on your feet. Father, we bless your name. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.